Last few weeks, we've been talking about our vision here at Clarksburg Baptist Church, and uh, that's very simple. It's move beyond. Move beyond. We've been challenging you to move beyond wherever you are in your walk with Christ to the next level. And it's been really exciting because during the past few weeks, I've had a lot of people who've, who've called me or sent me emails or that I've talked to during the week who have, have dared to move beyond. I have some people who call me and talked about they decided they were going to move beyond just believing to action and some of the things that that's led them to do in their lives, things that they've never done before. Uh, it's been exciting to see people come and join life groups who never were a part of a life group before, taking the challenge to move beyond just a basic understanding of Scripture to a more in-depth understanding and an application to life. It's, it's been exciting to hear about people who have talked about the difference prayer has made in their lives. People who either did not spend any time praying or people who prayed very little have taken that challenge to pray, and, and they've talked about just how, how closer it's brought them to God and how, what a difference they can see in their lives. And then I'm hoping that uh, I will hear from more folks from last week who have decided to realize that it's not all about me. It's not all about just what I want or what I need, but rather it's about being obedient and it's about serving and it's about surrender uh, to God's will. So I would encourage you to to share your stories, uh, not just with staff that we love to hear them, uh, but also with each other to encourage one another. Because I think that encouragement goes a long way. If someone is really struggling in a particular area that they need to move beyond to, to see your example, I think goes a long way. This week, uh, we're going to be kind of taking a little bit different direction. And not drastically, but just a little bit different. And in the past few weeks, although they have broader implications, what we've been talking about are things that pretty much relate to your journey of faith. We've encouraged you to move beyond your beliefs to actions and your maybe meaningless words to God to a more effective prayer life. So those kinds of things. But today, the challenge to move beyond involves you moving beyond yourself and investing your life in someone else. That can be kind of difficult. It's difficult enough to do those other things in your personal walk of faith. But then when you really step out of yourself, that can really be a challenge. Before we get to today's scripture, there are a couple of terms that you hear used a lot in the church. One is disciple, and one is discipleship. And there are, there are a lot of different definitions that I have heard, maybe that you have heard. Maybe you, when you hear that word, you have your own definition that comes to mind, or maybe you hear those words and don't have a clue uh, what they mean. A, a, a disciple sometimes has been called a student or a pupil or an apprentice or, or a learner, and, and those definitions are fine. But what I want is I want you to know when I say disciple, I want you to know what I'm talking about, uh, what I mean when I say disciple. And so I want to define those two words, disciple and discipleship, and I want to give thanks to Dallas Willard for helping me with these um, definitions. A disciple, a disciple is a person who has devoted his or her life not just to learning about Jesus, but to becoming like Jesus. And discipleship is the systematic and progressive rearrangement of everything in your life to that end. So when you hear me talk about disciple and when you hear me talk about discipleship as a noun or as nouns, that's what I'm talking about. Now, disciple can also be a verb, but we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. 
The passage that we're going to look at today has been called the Great Commission. It's in Matthew chapter 28, and it's verses 18 through 20. We're actually going to start today with verse 16. This is after Jesus' resurrection, and we read in verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Usually when I preach, I, I tell you what I believe a particular passage says. Uh, today I want to do it a little different. I want to uh, tell you what I think this passage does not say. A little bit different angle. There are six things that I think we have assigned to this passage that we believe it says that it really doesn't say. And so I want to talk about those very briefly. The first one is that this passage doesn't say that authority originates in the church. Uh, the, the passage says, where Jesus says that all authority is given to me. Jesus says, I have the authority. So when we are commissioned to go into the world, when we're commissioned to do a task, it is Christ that is commissioning us. The church certainly has a part. The church is a body that encourages us and helps us in that. But our, our commission comes from Jesus Christ. The second thing is the passage does not say that foreign missions are the pinnacle of, of the missionary effort. Now, certainly, he says to go into all the world, and foreign missions is a tremendously important part of mission work, but it's not the only thing. Because when Jesus says go, you think about it, our backyard is part of the whole world. Our neighborhood is part of the whole world. Our city is part of the whole world. Our homes are a part of the whole world. So when he says to go, he really means the whole world not just the, the part of the world that's across an ocean. Uh, Jesus does not say, go and be disciples. Now, we're to do that. We are to be disciples. But he says to go and make disciples. When Jesus says this, he, he's talking to disciples. And when we read this, when we are challenged to go, the assumption is that we are disciples so he says, go and make more disciples. Don't just go and be a disciple. Go and make disciples. Uh, the fourth thing is Jesus doesn't say, go and make Christians. The word disciple appears in the New Testament 269 times. You know how many times Christian appears? Only three. And only then is it introduced to refer to the disciples. And unfortunately today we have... Uh, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, we have made uh, the Christian part the thing that we should do, and we've made disciple an option. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Number five, uh, Jesus doesn't say baptize them so they can become church members. Uh, Dallas Willard has said that the church sometimes uh, translates this passage, go and make converts to Christianity and baptize them into church membership. Now, church, uh, churches all across the country certainly require 
uh, baptism as part of being a part of their fellowship. But, but it's not is, uh, some rite of passage to become uh, a church member, but rather it has a symbolic meaning of a commitment to Jesus Christ. So if, if you're only being baptized to become a church member, you're kind of missing the point. And any church that only baptizes people so that they can become church members kind of misses the point as well. And then number six, when Jesus says that we are to teach, he never says anything about the entire responsibility being left to the church. Uh, His command uh, to those 11 there that have have gathered, his command is for them to go uh, and teach. And, And studies show that in churches where they rely completely on corporate uh, discipleship on that systematic and progressive growth. When, when they rely solely on corporate, that discipleship really never gets done because it kind of goes back to that, uh, you know, everybody's job is nobody's job, so everybody else assumes somebody's going to do it and nobody really does it. George Barna's research shows that in a lot of churches there's a great deal of talk uh, about making disciples. There's a great deal of talk about discipleship. And some churches will even make it one of their their top priorities, but usually only in words. They'll they'll make it a top priority, but in reality, discipleship doesn't doesn't get done. It's, it's, It's struggle. Churches struggle to practice discipleship. Churches struggle to make disciples and to help them grow. And we're one of those churches that on various levels, just like a whole lot of others, uh, we struggle. One of the reasons that I think churches struggle is that in the Christian church, we have put so much emphasis on salvation, which is important, don't get me wrong. Uh, And and we want to make you a Christian. But then we make discipleship an option. We make the fact that you need to become more and more like Jesus every day, we, we make that optional. Now, we, we don't stand up and say, okay, you can check, I want to be a Christian, or I want to be a Christian and a disciple. No, we're, we're not that. It, it, it's more of a lack of what we do. For instance, uh, n- nobody made you come today. Um, we have life groups that, that meet on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. Uh, nobody can make you. Nobody can make you come to those things. It's something that, that you have to choose to do on your own. And that's fine, except that the church, for some reason, has just decided if we can just get a bunch of people in worship, we'll be doing really, really good. And churches, you ask pastors all over the place, how's your church doing? They will give you their worship attendance. And certainly that's a gauge of some things. But if you ask them, well, how many disciples are you making? How many people are really working through growth in their Christian life? We can't give you figures. Maybe it's because we don't know, but I would be willing to bet it's because we're gloating in this this big maybe uh, worship attendance that we might have. But we're not stressing growing and discipleship. And so consequently, you can be a Christian in most churches today, and discipleship is an option. And that's not the way it was intended. Dennis McCallum actually is is very blunt about it. He says the result of this omission 
is that church-going Christians today often manifest shallow commitment, biblical ignorance, and an inability to do advanced Christian ministry. That's one reason. A second reason is, I think we stop when we read this passage at the baptism part. We'll read it where it says, go into all the world and, 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 and baptize. And we stop there. But the passage goes on. The passage says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's the teaching part that we fall down on sometimes. Now, you say, well, you just talked about life groups. We have life groups. We have sermons. We have all sorts of, of things like that. So corporately, we, we offer ways for people to grow. We offer teaching opportunities. But like I said earlier, that everybody's job is nobody's job. So consequently, what happens is, when we leave it all to the church to do it, it doesn't get done in the way that Jesus intended. Because when Jesus spoke to these disciples and he told them to go and make disciples and to baptize them, to teach them, I really believe he wasn't just talking to them as a bunch, but rather he was talking to them individually. And that brings me to my point today is that's what I think is missing in the church today is individuals taking responsibility to help people grow in their faith. A more mature Christian taking a younger Christian under his wing, so to speak, and helping him to grow. Remember I said earlier that disciple could also be a verb? I looked it up in the dictionary, and I laughed. And I said, Andy, come look at this. If you look up disciple as a verb in the dictionary, it has out beside it teach or train. In parentheses, it has obsolete. Isn't that amazing? We practice it in the church so rarely that the term has become obsolete. I just thought that was very telling. The idea that we are to disciple other people, that we help them to grow, that we teach them, that we, we train them, has become obsolete. And so what I think we need to do as individuals, and I think what Christians need to do in general, is we need to move beyond just being a disciple to making disciples, to investing our lives in other people. Now, a lot of us are very, very willing to share our faith. We are very willing to tell other people what Jesus has done for us, but far too few of us are willing to embark on a disciple-making expedition of our own. And I think this is one of the reasons that, that we are to grow in our faith. That we're not to, to grow in our faith just to grow in our faith and just to become more and more like Jesus every day, though that's what we're supposed to do. But we do it for a purpose. You know, we, we become disciples so we can make disciples. 
And the only way that we're going to lead those disciples along is if we disciple them. In other words, you are growing in your faith so that you can help someone else that's growing in your faith. You're not just growing in your faith so you can grow and grow and grow and say, look how much I've grown. I'm closer to God, but I'm way far away from these people that I could be helping. That's a glaring failure, I think, in the church today. It's how few... Mature Christians, or how few Christians who are growing toward maturity and have made significant strides, how few of them invest their lives in a young Christian. Now, you can stop and think for a moment. This is the thinking part. How long have you been a Christian? How's your faith, growth, progress going and how many younger Christians have you taken a personal interest in to help them grow you don't have to answer out loud because it doesn't happen to the degree that it needs to in the church and it's not the church that suffers it's the kingdom in general. We bring people into the church. We baptize people. The problem is, we baptize them. We put their name on the church roll. We give them offering envelopes, maybe. We let them vote at business meetings. But we never... Oh, we'll point them to a life group. Yeah, go, go to that group. They'll teach you. But we never invest our lives in them. And what happens is so many of those people just disappear. They just disappear. What we need to do is we need to move beyond just being a disciple to investing our lives in younger disciples to help them grow. That's what we need to move beyond to. It's a wonderful statistic. Well, it's not wonderful. Well, it depends on how you look at it, I suppose did a study and it was 15 to 18 year olds and, and what the study was trying to find out was for those 15 to 18 year olds that were still in the church what was the, month, the number one thing that kept them there and then for those that had left the church their question was why did you leave the church in both cases The answers were similar. The reason they stayed in the church, the number one reason, they said because some adult took an interest in me and in my life and invested time with me. Why did they leave? Because no one cared. Gives us something to think about. As God's people, we are called as individual believers to move beyond belief to action, to move beyond just a basic understanding of the Bible to a more in-depth understanding, move beyond just meaningless words to a great prayer life, moving beyond just what's in it for me to, to actually surrendering. 
But some of us really stop when it comes to moving beyond ourselves. Moving beyond just being a disciple to going out and finding someone that we can invest our lives in and help them to grow in their faith. Now, it doesn't have to be a young person. Age doesn't have to be really anything to do with it. Uh, Basically, it's someone that's younger than you in the faith. That's what you're looking for, is someone that you can help to bring along. Where do you look? Well, maybe you can look for a, a, a young mother who's struggling to raise her children. And, and you think, man, I, I raised five kids. You know, I have something to offer, but I've paid my dues. No, you haven't. You're still here, aren't you? The only people that God's done with aren't here anymore. <laughs> okay? If you're here, God's not through with you yet. So no, you haven't paid your dues. <laughs> There's still something for you to do. Okay? Guys, what about that coworker of yours? You know, he, he found Jesus last, last year, and you were all excited. He came to work all excited. And you've noticed, though, that, that this faith that was so exciting to him uh, a while back isn't very exciting anymore, and he's really struggling to put that faith into practice. There's an opportunity. Well, I don't want to meddle in his life. I'm not meddling. You're, you're a believer. He's a believer. You can help him. Maybe a young couple struggling to raise kids while both parents work. Or, or maybe it's a young couple and, and they're having trouble in their marriage because he's running a business. And, and it's a business he founded and his whole, investment, his whole life is invested in that business. And, and it's really affecting their marriage. Who knows? Maybe that's how you started out and you came through it on the other end. Maybe that's an opportunity for you. But, you know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. I mean, you don't have to look for, for something that, that difficult and complicated. In just a few minutes is one of my favorite parts of communion that we have here at Clarksburg Baptist Church. In just a few minutes, look who's at the front of the line when they come in. There'll be kids that came up from Clubhouse, and they'll come by, and they'll take communion from me, and it makes me smile because I baptized probably 90% of them. doesn't have anything to do with me. It just makes me smile because they came to Christ through the ministry of this church. But there'll be a whole bunch of little opportunities walking through here of people that you can help grow in the faith. You know, maybe you're part of Celebrate Recovery Ministry, and and Celebrate Recovery Ministry has been having baptism, what, three times a month. Um, A lot of people coming to Christ, but a lot of people that need someone to help them grow in their faith. So here's an opportunity for you. People will say, well, you know... (laughs) I just, I just don't know much about the Bible. You know, I, I really don't, don't feel like I'm, I'm really qualified to, to help somebody to grow in their faith. Well, what I say is if, if you're a believer and you're really making strides to grow in your understanding and your application of Scripture, you can always find somebody that's not that far yet. I don't care where you are. There's always someone who isn't at that, that place yet. Someone that you can help along. So you're not off the hook. Then I hear people say, well, <laughs> I tell you about helping these people uh, that, that are having trouble with a Christian home and having trouble being parents. You know, I made some mistakes. Uh, 
I wasn't the greatest parent in the world. I made some mistakes. <laughs> Guess what? Jesus' parents left him in the temple and got way down the road on the way home. Mary says to Joseph, you got him? No, I don't have him. No, I thought you had him. Where is he? Well, we left him back at the temple. I didn't disqualify them from being his parents. By the way, I've done that with one of my children, too. Um, but here's the point. doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Perfection is not it. It's about being willing. It's about making commitment. It's about being faithful. Yes, it's going to take some time. Yes, it might be frustrating at times. If you really don't know anybody, come talk to me. I'll, I can probably get you matched up pretty well with somebody who might could, could use your uh, experience in the faith. Well, well what, what, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? You have three goals, three simple goals. You want to help them develop in character. Basically, you want to, to help them have a good personal walk with Jesus Christ. You want to help them in understanding. You want to help them in understanding and applying the Scripture. And the other thing you want to do is you want to show them that service is an important part of being a follower of Jesus Christ. That, that just growing for yourself is not what it's all about, but your, your growth and your, and your faith is really not, is not complete until you give it away and serve others. Those are three things. Character, understanding, and service. You're free to operate in that any way you want, biblically. But that's what you're after. Now, I will say it's not a good idea for a brand new Christian to try to mentor someone else or disciple someone else. And it's not a real good idea for someone who's really still struggling with some really uh, difficult sin in their life uh, to do that. But for a great many of us, for a great many of us, it just, we just need to move beyond. We just need to take the step to move beyond being a disciple to making disciples. Don't just leave it to the church. It's like I said before, everybody's job becomes nobody's job. We come to this table today, and I, I think it's interesting because the night that Jesus was betrayed, uh, those 11 people that were with him um, on the mountain were with him the night he was betrayed. When he took bread and, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And, and he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. They were not perfect either. Peter would, would deny Jesus. And James and John were the ones that were wondering, well, who's going to be first? <laughs> they were not perfect people. They were not perfect people. But Jesus still said to them on that mountain, you need to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe everything that I've commanded you. How in the world can you do that? He also added, and hey, I'm with you. I'm with you always, 
even to the end. So as we gather at this table today, it's an opportunity for us not just to come and, and give thanks and to realize the sacrifice that Christ made for us, but to realize as imperfect people, people who are still on the journey, that, that God has still called us to invest our lives in someone else. And I hope we'll do that. Let's pray.